This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about one of those things that people, in my experience, whine about the most. <laughs> and I'm raising my hand. I'm, I'm going to get that little whine in there. Are you ready for this, Wes? So please, <laughs> let, me, let me say first, please join me in welcoming my guest, Wes Schaefer, to our program today. Welcome, Wes. There's no whining in sales. <sighs> but Wes, I don't want to <laughs> be a salesperson. Right? Did I get it right? Did I get that whine just appropriate? Well, well bless your heart. I know, I know. And you know, it, it's funny because as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I don't care if you have one employee or thousands, you are always selling. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that people just absolutely have to get across. So before we really dive in, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Wes Schaefer is the sales whisperer, an obsessively pragmatic entrepreneur, sales trainer, copywriter and speaker who believes marketing is just selling in print. He is the author of three books on sales, marketing, and entrepreneurship, and has helped 2,400 of the world's top speakers, authors, coaches, and sales professionals achieve nearly miraculous, miraculous growth by implementing his repeatable, I was going to say reputable, but it is reputable, his <laughs> reputable, repeatable, transferable, and proven processes. So again, Wes, welcome to our program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it really is something that people do, you know, we say all the time, I hate sales. I don't want to be known as the used car salesman. Yep. But I'm sorry, folks. If we don't sell, we don't earn. <laughs> and, and I say that hating to, to sell myself. So yep. let's, but let's take a step back. You have had quite the, the career behind you. So tell us a little bit about that and why this became a passion of yours. Well, I was a meteorologist in the Air Force, so I was just meant to be in sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, when you're in meteorology and you tell everybody, hey, no rain today, and then it rains, and you go back the next day, and they go, hey, what happened to that no rain? That, no, right. really. Today, I mean it. No right. rain. You better well, be able to sell yourself. And, so, and a meteorologist in Colorado Springs Air Force. Yeah, that's where you went to the Air Force Academy. So, you know, the, the weather there usually is pretty nice. So it's, it's not too hard to be a meteorologist. Yeah, it's hard in uh, Korea and the Middle East. So, oh, uh, eek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it can get kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, my, um, so my collegiate and, um, and military training um, in many ways had absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, you know, it did teach me how to stick it out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and not whine going through it. Right. But, um, you know, I was, I was married. I had a, had a son. We had another one on the way and I left the air force in 97 to, uh, mm -hmm. to jump into sales. I wanted to get paid according to my production, right. not, not my tenure, right? Not time and grade. And, um, and sales was, was the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs. I was uh, pretty successful in sales as an employee. I was just kind of sort of stubborn and hardheaded and unemployable after a point in time. And uh, 2006, I, um, I started the Sales Whisperer and um, been teaching people ever since. Great. You know, and, and first, thank you for your service in the Air Force. Um, you know, and, and, and I can imagine that you know, maybe one of the reasons why you thought, you know, love doing that, you know, living in all those very wonderful exotic places. But when you had, you know, started your family and now you have, oh my gosh, seven kids. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a little bit different, you know, from being career military and right. wanting to put down roots and, and things like that. And so I can understand that. But 
just seriously, deliberately go into sales? Right. I mean, like, did, did you go too high in one of those fancy Air, Air Force planes and, and kind of short something out? I was probably dropped on my head too much as a child. Um, you know, a little too much Louisiana, um, little family moonshine, maybe. Right, well, a little too much Flogged of that Cajun. Mm-hmm. Gaps. Um, right. But, hey, I was, I was money motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to get paid according to my production. Right. And, and that was sales. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it was not always just, just roses and, and ice cream. And, you know, it was, there was some learning involved. There was some, some pain. But, man, when, when sales are good, there's nothing like it in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, but it was, you know, you have to realize literally everything is sales. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been on a date, if you've ever turned anyone down on a date, if you've ever bought a car, if you ever go out to eat everything, you're being sold mm-hmm. at the restaurant, they are selling you with the lobby, the front desk, the receptionist, how long to wait. Uh, they're selling you within the ambiance, the lighting, the smell, the sounds, uh, the the menu is selling you. There's there's appetizer menus, drink menus on the table. There's specials. Uh, it's all meant to sell you. Right. Okay. So from day one, I mean, you know, the devil sold Eve to eat the apple. Eve sold Adam on eating the apple. They both tried to sell God on why they didn't eat the apple right. or mm-hmm. why they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been sales. Every mm-hmm. relationship. So. I just wanted to get to the core of things, you know, get to the heart of the matter. Right. And, and as you said, it, it is everything, you know, whether you're convincing, you know, maybe it's, you know, convincing your kids to eat their broccoli or, um, you know, somebody to buy your product or your service. But I think we have this bad thought of you know, of what a salesman is you know it's it's the old snake oil salesman which right. you know i realize for some of our demographic they don't know what that means but or the, the used car salesman where you know they're coming up and they're hi how are you how what can i do to put you in this car today right. you know those those type of people but again we are always selling and the problem though is that we hate it um, and so then we don't do it you know i remember many years ago <clears throat> many years ago I had a true job in sales. I was doing hotel sales in Colorado for a, a property that I didn't like. Now, this, I mean, this is obviously clearly a recipe for disaster. I mean, I wouldn't stay in that place, let alone yeah. trying to convince somebody else to be there. But, you know, it was, it was very interesting because it, it did teach me quite a few things, not the least of which was you have to have a passion for what it is that you are selling. Um, you know, even if it's just that you're wanting to make more money, uh, that's that's great. That's that's an okay passion. But you know, it really was something where I thought I, it it just felt ucky. And I think that is maybe the thing that so many people think about is sales feels ucky, and all that means is we're not doing it right. And so that's why it's so important to talk to you today. Yep, I agree. You, you there's two ways to look at that. I mean, is it? Is it truly an icky product, mm-hmm. you know, or offering? And if that's the case, then you got to get out of it, right? You know, or is it just icky to you? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you're, you're selling some. You're selling, you know, septic tank cleaning and repair services. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of icky. I, I, we yeah. had a septic mm-hmm. tank back in Texas in in the eighties, and I know about repairing them because I was the youngest one. So I was the one that got to hop down into you it. You got the major icky. And scoop the stuff out. Mm-hmm. So it's an icky job, but it's an honest job. It's a job that needs to get done, mm-hmm. right? So, so in that case, then you need to realize, you know, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is the need? What that, you know, that you're feeling? Like Zig Ziglar always said, right? Help enough. You can get whatever you want to help enough people get what they want. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I sold mobile homes for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily live in a mobile home. I uh, didn't need to, but uh, I kind of liked them. I mm-hmm. certainly liked the people that I met. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that we were filling a need because some huge percentage, something like a third of new home sales in this country are mobile homes. Wow. Um, you know, there's a huge world right now. Mm-hmm. 
So the people I grew up with and hung out with, you know, didn't live in mobile homes. So it took me a little bit of learning mm-hmm. uh, to get familiar with that demographic. But uh, I remember one of the one of my best clients. Uh, he was uh, a referral client, and he he didn't repair septic tanks. He installed new ones. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he drove a nice truck. He had a trailer. He had a backhoe. You know, his wife drove a Mercedes. They bought uh, exotic racehorses, had a big ranch. That's how much money this guy made, mm-hmm. you know, installing new septic tanks. Right. And because I treated him nice mm-hmm. and, uh, and right, didn't judge, you know, he sent me a lot of business. And then mm-hmm. I sent him business, right? Because people buying these trailers, they would, they, you know, they're putting them out usually on rural land. Mm-hmm. They don't have service out there. So, they're installing septic tanks. Right. So it was a very nice symbiotic relationship. Well, and that type of relationship is actually talked about in one of your books. It is a heck of a long title. So here goes. <laughs> it takes more than a big smile, a good idea, and a Twitter account to build a business that lasts. 79 stories on selling with integrity, automating your marketing, and living abundantly. <sighs> okay. But so back to the symbiotic, that's one of the tricks that you talk about in, in this, I shouldn't say tricks. That's one of the methods that you talk about is to develop those relationships with people where it, it makes sense that you're teaming up and you're giving them referrals and they're giving you referrals. Sure. I mean, word of mouth is, is always great, mm-hmm. right? And the best way to get a referral is to give one. Mm-hmm. You know, best way to get a compliment is to give one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so same thing. Like Zig said, right? You can get whatever you want. You help enough people get what they want. Right. So if you want referrals, give referrals. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you want five star reviews for your business, your website, go spend some time giving five star reviews for others. Right. Uh, so it's you know it's perfectly natural, uh, but you know you you have to understand and accept. Uh, the value that you bring, right? You've got to be able to clarify it. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to lay it out, explain it, uh, and not feel bad or guilty or dirty uh, for charging what you're worth. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you do that, uh, it becomes very easy for people to refer business to you. Because, you know, the, the ironic thing is that the more you charge, the better people feel about doing business with you. Right. And that seems like kind of an oxymoron, but it is true. It's totally true. And, and look around, look at the people, you know, driving, uh, I don't know, a Kia versus uh, a Porsche, Mm -hmm. you know, now sure you got some practical people and Hey, this is economical and that's fine. But are they passionate? You know, like BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Right. Um, You know, people, we, we will pay for two things, exclusivity and experiences, mm-hmm. okay? And I've owned Fords. I've owned BMWs. I mean, the, the, the showroom floor and how they treat you in those two places is totally different. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I literally, I, I went in to buy a Ford uh, years ago here in Temecula, and I walked out. I walked out, and I bought a BMW because of how the sales uh, person treated me at those two locations. Mm-hmm. And it was 100% due to how the salesperson treated me. Right. And, and they were selling you a big thing on wheels. I mean, yes. in essence, they were selling the exact same thing. Now, granted, sure. the BMW had perks and things like that, but they, I'm, I'm assuming that BMW salesman made you feel special. Yes, totally. And I think that's where so many people drop the ball is, is like, hi, I'm here to sell you toner cartridge. Mm. And, and granted, a lot of things aren't all that spectacular, but we can still do it with a smile, do it with a handshake. You know, we can make the people think that we aren't annoyed that they interrupted our day, right? You know, how many times have we gone into one of the big stores and, and you go in to ask a question and they're like, ah, really? You know, and... And you're just buying a commodity, but they make you feel either welcome and loved and special, or we don't care if you take your money somewhere else. 
Yeah, but you know, everything is a commodity nowadays. Mm-hmm. Okay, hospitals are are outsourcing the reading of X-ray results to India. Right. Okay. There's very good doctors over there that will work for a fraction of the cost and read your X-ray. Mm-hmm. And with technology, they can do it immediately. Yeah. So everything is a commodity now. So, you know, that's why you've got to understand, you got to see things from the prospects or the customer's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about toner cartridge. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's not sexy. It's not, it's not an Apple, you know, iPad Pro. Fine. Right. But when you need ink, you need ink. Right. You okay. cannot fill out that proposal to that client or whatever it is without that ink. Yeah. And, and when you bought the refurbished cartridge and it stopped printing properly or sort of bleeding on all of your paper and then you take it out and it spills all over everything. Yeah, ask me how I know this. Oh right? no. It's all, over, the floor. It's all uh, over your hands. It's all mm-hmm. over everything. It's like, yeah, I wish the other salesperson had been a little more persuasive and, mm-hmm. and helped me see the future and how painful this was going to be. Right. You know, so you can have some fun with it. You can mm-hmm. you can build a case and build a loyal following. Uh, and the nice thing with that is that you know they got to keep buying it, mm-hmm. right? You no, know? so and they can go to many places. You want oh, them to sure. come back to you. And hey, and if, and if you're delivering it, if you're installing it, whatever, I mean, there's all kind of perks you can create for the smallest of things. You just mm-hmm. got to be creative and you know get passionate about it. And even if you're not passionate about, you know, you didn't go to college to sell ink toner cartridges. Okay, fine. You know do a good job and you'll get passionate about it. I was, mm-hmm. you know what? I got fired up selling trailers. Mm-hmm. I bet. You know, I made in the, in the summer of 98 to the summer of 99, exactly 12 months, I made $100,000. Wow. Okay. That's about $148,000 today. Mm-hmm. So I was 28, 29 years old. We just had our second kid. We were paying like $360 a month for an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was making $100,000. My manager made half a million dollars that year with wow. six salespeople. Mm-hmm. Okay. No internet, no crazy stuff. Okay. Six salespeople, two admin staff, two service people. Mm-hmm. And then I was promoted to manager um, in a little over a year, given my own store mm-hmm. uh, right when they had their huge downfall and ended up going into bankruptcy. Okay. Oops. <laughs> so, I'm like, so I was like, man, I'm going to make half a million dollars working, you know, Easy, easy hours. Mm-hmm. I, I am now very passionate about trailers. <laughs> right. Well, so, and, and the you, thing was, it wasn't that you were selling trailers. You were selling someone a home. Sure. You know, and, and that's, that's where we get that in. And that's where we get that passion is, you know, you were filling the need. You were selling the experience. All of those various things. Because, I mean, if you went to somebody and said, I want to sell you a trailer. They're like, okay, fine. But if you said... I want to put you in a home where you and your family are going to be comfortable and warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And it's, you know, and, and then, then you tell that story. They're like, okay, where do I sign? Yeah, it was, well, you know, funny story. Somebody came in one time and uh, a lady came in. She says, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to look at some of your trailers. Uh, well, you're, your manufactured homes. Oh, yes, yes, and, that stigma. And I, and I was like, ma'am, you can call them whatever you want as long as you buy it from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so I'm like, I mean, let's go look at some trailers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call it, that's fine. You know, but I was successful there because we had a system. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were six of us there. Uh, I made 100 grand. I was uh, 20, I think 26 in the nation out of like 2,200 salespeople. Wow. In my, in my first year, mm-hmm. um, because I followed their process. Right. Okay? There were a couple of guys there that, that were renting trailers and a lot behind us. Uh, we had a, there was a mobile home park behind us. And, uh, and actually, our, our office manager, uh, so not, not the GM, she was uh, you know, the office manager. She, she ran things, really. <laughs> but anyway, she and her husband owned that park behind us. Mm-hmm. So, there were two guys living back there that could barely pay their rent, okay, which wasn't very much. Right. Meanwhile, I'm making 100 grand in my first year, and they were experienced, mm-hmm. okay, but they were sitting around finding excuses, being lazy, okay, looking for the easy ups, you know, 
they're 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 sizing people up based on what they're driving, how they look when when they come in. Um, I was like, I took them all, Mm -hmm. you know, and I followed the system, did not reinvent the wheel, Mm -hmm. and you know what, The, the sales came. Well, you know, and you mentioned several things in there that are things I want to explore more. And you do discuss them in your book. And and one of the things that you talk about in several places were the excuses. So basically talking yourself or your potential customer out of buying the product or even, you know, it, taking the call with you. So, you know, and, and it's the, well, they really don't need it. They don't have time. Oh, poor pitiful me. I really don't want to be here doing this. You know, all of these various things. So how do we get past that step? Well, you, you know, in sales, you can assume nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and don't, don't answer an unasked question. Right. Um, because, you know, again, I, people would, would pull up and beat, beat up cars, beat up trucks. Uh, and they're loaded. They were just good old boys. Uh-huh. Just, just preferred walking around. They like around. their old Dodge. They like their old Dodge. They like their their messy Wranglers with the Copenhagen ring in the back pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just good old boys, and they got money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to assume anything. I'm going to talk right. to them. I'm going to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You know, because others would drive up in new cars, but then they had bad credit because right. their you know their credit was maxed out, mm-hmm. and they couldn't afford to buy. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to follow the process. You know, and our job as salespeople is to just get to the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. And we do that by the questions that we ask. And it needs to be a dialogue. It needs to feel natural. Uh, I mean, just like if you're going out on a date. I mean, I want to know, like, what's your favorite movie? What's your hey. favorite food? What do you like to do? But I can't just sit there, you know, hi, Deb. Nice to meet you. I- I've got a list of questions. Would you mind uh, answering them as quickly as you can? Thanks <laughs> That's speed dating and we hate it. Yeah. It needs to be conversational, Mm -hmm. but I still need to know these things, Mm -hmm. you know, to know if we're compatible, but, and that takes some skill. Uh, But, you know, we we had a flow chart. We had a little presentation we would give back then, you know, it was, it was literally one of those A-frame folders Mm -hmm. and uh, a little flip chart. We just flipped through it, went over the key points, Mm -hmm. taking some, taking some notes as, as we're talking. All the trailers were locked, you know, so you couldn't just wander around. And, you know, ah. so that was another, that was mm-hmm. another, you know, we were disqualifying. Hey, mm-hmm. I just want to look at some trailers. Hey, I've been walking around. All, all your trailers are locked. Mm-hmm. I guess, sir, they're locked mm-hmm. uh, for safety, you know, and for, you know, we, we don't want anything getting stolen. You know, it helps mm-hmm. us keep our costs down and, and, you know, maintain control of everything. Uh, and besides, they're all on air conditioned. There's no power to them. So, you want to walk around in the heat or, you know, it'd be okay if I ask you a few questions, kind of understand what it is you're looking for. Mm-hmm. We can narrow it down and go look at two or three instead of 30. Right. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, come on in. You know, so you got to understand, um, you got to see things from their point of view, mm-hmm. but you know, you got to, you're only going to get a handful of objections. I knew I would get that objection sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't worry about it. I just prepared for it. Right. And then it was easy to handle. You know, mm-hmm. some were like, you know, nobody else does that. I, I, I'm not, I'm, you're just going to be selling me, showing me around. Like, I'm thinking to myself, you're right. But it's mm-hmm. also, you know, our job is to disqualify people. Right. Not qualify. Right. Because mm-hmm. if every single person that walked up could buy, you know, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that company wouldn't have gone out of business. The reality is, you know, maybe 5% of the people were ready, willing, and able to buy right then and there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably three to 5%. Right. Well, and the nice thing about disqualifying them is you stop wasting their time and your time. Right. You know, it, and, and one of the things you point out in your book is that sometimes they will requalify, maybe they were there, but they'll come back. But part, again, that's, you know, how were they treated? Did they know they could come back? But yeah, you know, why spend a lot of time trying to sell somebody, whatever it is, if they have no intention of buying it, you know, at at that point in time? Yeah. You know, vegetarians and vegans will not buy steak, even if it's on sale. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's just not going to happen. So figure out who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. You know, the old, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, I think that's a, that's a, a shyster. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not really a great salesperson. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you can, you're glib and fast talker, 
you know, people deep down, we know if something just doesn't feel right. Right. Okay. And a confused mind says no. And so you got to make sure you're putting your prospects at ease. Um, but you need to understand, I mean, again, your job is just to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And you do that through the questions that you ask. And they won't answer the questions, then you got to make a decision. Is it, is it worth talking to them? Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, you know, like, Deb, come on in. And, you know, I ask a couple questions. Look, can we just go out look at some trailers? And, you know, it's like, well, Deb, I'm detecting a sincere lack of trust here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and if you don't trust me right now and we just met, um, I mean, why waste time looking at trailers? Because I know I'm not going to buy from somebody that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is it me or is, you know, does somebody play some games with you somewhere else uh, that kind of made you put your defenses up? Right. Okay. I'm boom. And I have done that, mm-hmm. you know, just like that. You know, if you don't trust me, why are we talking? You know, and it's funny because it seems like you're putting them on the defensive. And you, 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 in a little way, you are. But again, it's back to that disqualifying. You know, if they say, I really don't want to talk to you, okay, then I'm not going to try and, and waste my time trying to make you talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, again, our job is to disqualify. Mm-hmm. I know. I know the numbers going in are stacked against me. There's a small percentage ready, willing, and able to buy right now today. Mm-hmm. And it so doesn't matter what it is. Does not matter. You know, my, my son, he just got a new truck and then he got new tires for that truck. So, you know, he's still got the old ones in the back of his truck. He's got to sell. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if, you know, our friends own a, a tire store here in town. Doesn't matter what deal Keith would give us right now. Matthew's not buying tires. <laughs> right. Now, he'll remember your friend, Keith, but he's not in the market now. Yeah. Matthew has eight tires. He doesn't need four more. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. So, don't, don't waste your breath. Mm-hmm. You know, sort, sift, and separate. Mm-hmm. Disqualify. Right. Let's talk about another thing that you talk about in your book, and that's the word, words, follow-up. You really don't like follow-up. And I loved reading this in your book because I think to me, maybe this is the hitch. This is, is the, the hardest part that somebody has in selling, and that's follow-up. So talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, I came up with a little tagline, life's too short for follow-up calls. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is when you are constantly, if I'm just calling you, Hey, Deb. Yeah, I was just uh, following up. Yeah, you were in uh, last week and kind of looked around. And yeah, I just want to see like if you did you get my proposal and just want to see if anything has changed. Okay, that's that's weak. Right. Uh, and it's creepy. It, yeah, man. Maybe not creepy, but, but it gets to be annoying if you keep doing it over and over again. Annoying for sure. Right. Because people don't have scripts for their calls mm-hmm. on and on. All right. But if you come in and it also makes me subservient to you, mm-hmm. okay, which I don't like. Right. Um, but if you come in and you say, hey, this is fantastic. Uh, I like what I see. I can't make a decision yet. Uh, you know, I'm going to take this home with me. And, uh, you know, we're going to give this some serious thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Um, Deb, when would you like me to call you back? Oh, I mean, just sometime next week, that's fine. Okay, early in the week or later in the week? Uh, later in the week. Thursday or Friday? Thursday's fine. Morning or afternoon? Afternoon. Okay, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock? Yeah, call me at 3. Fantastic. I'll call you at 3 on Thursday. So now when I call you, and your husband answers, I call you at the office, and your assistant answers, you know, hi, may I ask what this call is regarding? Is she expecting your call? Yes. Why, yes, she is. Mm -hmm. I'm calling for our three o'clock appointment. Okay? That's not a follow-up call. Mm -hmm. That's an appointment. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that, people might say, oh, that's just semantics that, you know, you're splitting hairs. No, I'm not. Right. No, I'm not. Now, you may have just been saying that to blow me off. You know, you want to get it, just get out of there. Hey, fine. I'm writing it down as an appointment and I'll even email you. Okay. Boom. 
Deb, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for giving this some serious consideration. Here's uh, kind of a review of the things we discussed. Uh, I'll give you a shout, you know, next Thursday at, you know, 3 p.m. per uh, our discussion today. Mm-hmm. You know, have a great week. So it's an appointment to me. Right. Now, now, are you going to blow me off? Yeah, sometimes you might. Right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I start to get a little bit of moral uh, supremacy, you right. know. In, I'm in thinking, this. oh, gosh, I wasted Wes's time. Yes. And now, mm-hmm. and you know what? So I call, I get your voicemail. Hey, Deb, this is Wes. Kind of surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm not hearing from you. Uh, we had a uh, set of time uh, last week. You know, we agreed to meet right now. So look, I'm going to be around. You know, I got about 15 minutes for my next appointment. You know, give me a shout. So now you call and you leave me a message or you send me an email. Wes, you know, we decided to go another route, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, all right, that would be bad news. All right, I'm losing the sale. But you know what? At least I'm not getting jerked around. It's, right. the, un- it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the uncertainty that really kills us. It's not the no's. It's not the lost deals. Right. It's the maybe kind of sortas. Yeah. It's the dragging it out, stringing you along. That's the worst. And that's what I want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love that you pin them down. You know, and, and whether it's I'm going to email you, I'm going to call. I mean, you because know, emails can be you know, ignored. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I love the fact that you say call or stop by. I mean, obviously, it depends on, on what it is. Sure. You know, I mean, you might just appear. And and I, I did, I, that really resonated with me because I am one of those, well, I'll, I'll follow up with you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're wishy-washy and I'm wishy-washy and maybe kind of, sort of, I follow up with them. But, you know, even at that, I'm wishy-washy when I do the follow-up. But right. if I had said, okay, I will talk to you next Friday at two, then you're right. Maybe I would have sent an email. Here's some of the information I'll be talking to you about when we call it, you know, on our call at two or, you know, all those various things. And it just gives you, a, it, it solidifies it maybe is, is the way to put it as opposed to it's this maybe kind of sort of wishful thinking type of thing. Yeah. Nobody likes uncertainty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even the, the hard charging, you know, high D driver types, you know, we have a lot on our plates. Mm-hmm. We want decisions. We want to, to complete the checklist, the to-do list, and move on to the next. Right. So help them make a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's okay. Right. Uh, be, be firm. Be decisive. Mm-hmm. Uh, help them make a decision, even if it's no. I'm right. okay with that. Right. Just don't string me along. Well, and, you know, on the other end, we're not having to avoid you. Um, right. you know, and, and, you know, oh, thank heavens for caller ID and all of those things. You know, it's funny. There's a, a nonprofit that spoke to my husband and got a commitment of $50 out of him. Well, he really wasn't, yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. Just send it to me. I mean, that was that type of phone call. Right. They now call a minimum of three times a day. Oh my gosh. And, you know, and, and. You know, I've actually talked to them on the phone because I, you know, I have answered a couple of times. And what really annoyed me was when they said, hello, Tom. I'm like, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and and then it was, well, you know, we'd like to speak with him. And I'd say, what is this concerning? And, and, you know, and bless, you know, they, those, those people are, you know, paid probably a minimum wage commission, whatever it is to, to make these calls. And so I try to not be rude to them, but she actually told me, if he will fulfill his commitment, we will stop pestering you so much. Uh-huh. And it was like, okay, sweetie, you're really not getting money from us now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but yeah, we'll stop pestering you. Okay, you want me to support your nonprofit, but you're right. going to pester me until I do. Yeah. And, but yeah, you know, and, and but yeah, hello, Tom. Really? Okay. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Amazing. I know. But you... But like you said, it's a minimum wage person. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're in this grinding job. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be you. Right. You know, this should not be your life. Mm-hmm. You, you do have some control over it. Uh, so follow a process. Mm-hmm. You know, ask the hard, right questions and just get to the truth. Right. Um, there, was a, there was a basketball coach. And every time I tell myself to remember to go look him up, but um, – you know, he would tell his team, he's like, look, every, every possession, you know, I just want, I want three seconds of a hundred percent. You know, and the guys are like, what, what are you talking about? You know, you have a, you know, time of possession and the pros I think is like 24 seconds mm-hmm. and college is whatever, 35 seconds. He was like, look, 
the guy you're covering won't have the ball the whole time, you know, so cut a little slack, stay close, stay in position, but you know, right. as it soon as your mean- guy gets the ball, go crazy, mm-hmm. right? Smother him, hands up, really give him a tough time, make him pass the ball. And that when takes pass- about three seconds. Yeah. And when he passes the ball, you can relax a little bit. So it's the same thing in sales. You just got to have like three seconds of courage, mm-hmm. you know, to ask that one hard question, you know, well, Deb, you know, seems to me like you're not really committed to this or, you know, Deb seems to me your heart's not really in this. Is that what I'm picking up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then be quiet. Right. Let you tell me, you know, Deb, fine. You want to, you want to take this home and, and think it over. Fantastic. When would you like me to call you back and be quiet? So you don't have to be brave and ambitious and blah, blah, blah all the time. Just ask, ask that one hard question because there's usually just one or two times, mm-hmm. you know, it's the moment of truth, right? And just, you got to rise to the occasion at that moment. Right. And that whole be quiet is the important part oh. because when we're not quiet and we blather on, you know, it's, well, a example, well, Wes, you know, when can I call you? Would Friday, and then we just keep, and pretty soon we've talked everybody out of any type of follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I do media training for people, I tell them, you know, one of the things that, that interviewers like to do is that pregnant pause mm-hmm. because we hate silence. And so we will just blather on about anything. And so, you know, when you're being interviewed, especially, you know, by the, the media, they will ask you kind of one of these, you know, questions and then they won't say anything. And, and you just start going, blah, 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 and the words just start <laughs> spilling out of your mouth. And, you know, if you're quiet and you're just looking at them or, you know, if you're on the radio, you know, they, they will eventually say something because they hate having that, that silence also. Oh, for sure. I mean, first one that speaks up, you know, in a negotiation loses. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Get comfortable with some silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally fine. And, and if you can master that, I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest traits. You know, ask a hard question. Wait for the truth. Right. Well, one of the things that, that you talk about are the five proven steps to make every sale. Let's kind of walk through those. A, B, C, D, E. Okay. I'm like Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man. I like to keep it really simple. <laughs> so, okay. A. And yeah, and think about this too. The way I've, you know, taken the traditional funnel, right, is big wide thing at the top, throw a bunch of stuff in the top, hope something comes out the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, a pipeline, you know, uh, put a lot of stuff in one side and hopefully some things. Uh, spew out the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think of it as a cycle. Okay. Uh, so this is going in a circle, all right, from one to the other, and it never ends because the first thing you're doing is attracting. Okay. You're attracting people to your website, to your trade show booth, to your, your place of business. Uh, but it's not enough to just get a window shopper. It's not enough to get them just to stop by your booth. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to attract them to identify themselves. Okay. So you're giving them something. Uh, sign up for our, you know, birthday club, you know, get a free burrito on your birthday or in your birthday month or whatever. You know, Starbucks will give you a cup of coffee. But now you're in the system. Mm-hmm. Now I know who you are. Now I can bond with you. Okay. Multimedia, multi-step. I'm going to email you. I'm going to text you. I'm going to call you. I'm going to mail you something. Southwest Airlines, you know, mails me a birthday card every April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they'll mail me drink tickets with it. So you, so multimedia, multi-step. And okay? now you get the conversion or the close, the cash. Most salespeople think this is the goal. Right. Okay, but you know, A, B, C, D, E, there's five, five mm-hmm. steps, and C is only the halfway point. Mm-hmm. I equate this to the marriage, to the marriage ceremony. Right. Okay, is the wedding over? Is everything done I, now? You go, you home said I do. Steps? Now what? Yeah, now the real work begins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the same thing in sales, they gave you their money, now the work begins. Now you have to deliver delight, right? Deliver a wow experience. Mm -hmm. Delight them. Uh, Now, 
they're going to love you. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to talk about you. That's how you endear yourself to them. So now that you've endeared yourself to them, they're taking pictures, they're giving you five-star reviews, uh, they're doing Facebook Lives, they're posting videos about their experience, and now you're back to attracting. Mm-hmm. When people are writing reviews and talking about you, the birds of a feather, right? Their friends right. see this and mm-hmm. they're like, well, what is that? Oh, what's that sales training? Or, oh, you got a new pool put in. Who did that? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Now they get a pool put in. Now they get new ceiling fans installed from the same electrician and it gets easier and easier and easier. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think of this, you know, symbiotically. It's, it's like the going back to weather, right? It's, it's the, the water cycle, mm-hmm. you know, it, snows in the mountains and it melts and then it runs into the rivers and the rivers run into the lakes and the lakes, you know, run into, into bigger rivers and those run into the ocean and then it evaporates and turns into clouds and those clouds go back over the mountains and it turns into snow and it never ends mm-hmm. on, on, on and on. That's what you're doing in your business to attract and grow your sales. Right. And typically though, what happens is, as you said, we get to see and we end, you know, and, and very few things do we ever buy just once, you right. know, and even if we buy it just once, you still want people to be talking about it and telling their friends and, and all those various things. So as the person selling, that's why we have to continue that cycle. Um, you know, it's not just give me your money and I'm never going to talk to you again. Unfortunately, that's the way many uh, transactions actually happen. You know, we, they get our money and <laughs> they're gone. Um, you know, when we moved here to Atlanta, it was one of these hurry up processes, you know, long drawn out story that, that I won't bore everybody with, but we ended up having to buy a house in less than two weeks and, and do the whole transaction, the whole shoot and match. And, and so we got this great realtor. She scurried around. She found us this house. We, you know, signed on the dotted line. She didn't even come to closing. Never heard from that woman again, mm. and you know it was, and we're not quite sure why. I mean, you know, I think there's probably you know several reasons to it, but the, you know it it very definitely turned me off on not only her but her whole uh, firm, which is one of the the great big you know well known name type of of ones, mm-hmm. and you know it it was one of those things where she really did. She just dropped the ball. And said, I'm done with you guys, you know, and, yeah. and, and I mean, we didn't buy under, we paid full price. I mean, all these various things. And, and hopefully we were nice people that, you know, it was fun dealing with. But the fact that she got to the close and then pff, we never heard from her again was absolutely atrocious, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and it, would we have used her again when we're ready to sell this house? Who knows? But she's definitely not on the list. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my good friend, um, they are, they've been on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I met uh, Lisa and Yoran Force out here before, well, I was still renting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rented a long time here in Southern California waiting for the, the collapse and then we bought at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, I referred them probably three people, right? Uh, maybe four. Mm-hmm. You know? And I won't go anywhere without them now, you know? Because they're just so thorough. That's why they're the number one brokerage firm in Southern California. Right. Because they go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to think, you know, big picture. You got to think beyond the transaction, beyond the the, the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very few people do. Right. You know, and, and I think the sad fact is many people are happy with the, the one-time sale. You know, and, and they forget the old adage that, you know, it's much easier to to continue with a client than to get new ones. And, you know, all those various things that we hear and we go, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And, you know, somebody asks you, well, who are your clients? And, and it's crickets because you don't even remember. You know, you sold whatever it was to them and then they're gone off your radar. Mm-hmm. You know, and... and and uh, you know, I'm—I'll be honest. I am like that, and, and I think many people are. We we like the sale, and maybe we even kind of enjoy that process. You know, some for some people, it's it is. But then we're done, and we're ready to go on to the next thing. And maybe that's it. Is if we're enjoying that part of the process, we're like, oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Whereas we, as you said, it, we just need to continue it as a cycle. Well, and I, I get it. It's fun to make the money. There, there's the, the thrill of the hunt, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's your style, that's fine. And that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So maybe hire someone. That's why like a lot of realtors, they'll have the, their TCs, their transaction coordinators, because they get bogged down in the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe have somebody that can go to the closing or sends the gift basket, but it's got to be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not uh, all that creative and sentimental. You know, so my wife, she makes these nice little kits and she ties a little ribbon around the packaging and she buys this you know, chopped up, crinkled up paper from I don't even know where. And we get, it comes in this big plastic bag and she puts it in the box so it's all cushioned. And it just looks so nice. Like, I would never do that in one million years. Right. Okay. But people so I have somebody love help it. Me. Mm-hmm. They love it. They love it. But I'm not going to do it. Right. So, but I recognize the importance. So I ensure that it gets done. Mm-hmm. Right. Fortunately, it's my wife. Right. So that's one of the things that that is so important is having that team, you know, we're we're not in this alone. And I think that, you know, that is one of the things you talk about in your book is we really aren't in this world doing what we're doing alone, whether we have mentors, whether we have people working with us for us, all those various things. How can we make things easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, automate, integrate, dominate is what I say. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit more about automation because you know that's one of those things that you know I think we we all slip up on too is you know when was the last time you sent your email you know your your e newsletter uh, four years ago <laughs> you know all these various things or people will why why should I follow up with somebody you know or when or all these things and and I remember you know the the old Dale Carnegie sales training that they said you have your box of cards and remember somebody on their birthday and their anniversary with that real physical printed card because we went, Ooh, that's cool. And they remembered us and, and all those things. Now, you know, can you send an email now? Sure. But it is about having those processes automated. And, and I know that you have some favorites, but you know, let's talk about why it's important to, to automate this process. Well, you want to automate as much as you can, at least have a process, a documented process. You know, Henry Ford's a household name because he figured out a process. Right. You know, and he, he cut costs and accelerated uh, the, the pace of building the cars, despite mm-hmm. paying his, his staff like 66% higher wages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the prevailing rate, you know, was, five, was $3 a day and he was paying $5 a day. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have a process, then you can identify where the bottlenecks are. Mm-hmm. Then you can remove them. Then you can accelerate and grow. Um, automation, you know, it's so important for delivering free reports, delivering uh, newsletters, things like that, uh, assigning tasks, making, assigning ownership. Maybe, you know, you get a new lead, so it goes to your inside sales team. The inside sales team speaks to them. Uh, they're qualified. They assign it. Boom, click a button. It's reassigned to the new owner who's the outside sales rep. So automation and things like that can really help. Um, I think we're, we're starting to take things a little too far, the whole artificial intelligence and robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we forget there's a human being at the other end of the computer screen. Right. And so, I mean, I'm noticing it now. I mean, the next week or so, I'll be changing up the little chat dude on my website because nobody's filling it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just um, they... They're like, yeah, I know that's not a person. So, okay, I'll remove it, but I've measured it. You know, it's funny. In the beginning, it worked. I'd get several a day. Now, I mean, I think it's been two weeks. I haven't even had one. Mm -hmm. So, people are, you can take a good thing too far. Mm -hmm. Um, So, look at your competition. You know, the old zig when they zag. Um, Yes, it may take a little more manpower. It may cost a little more to have a human respond versus uh, a computer. But if your sales, you, you know, if, if your expenses go up, you know, 5%, but your sales, you know, and your profits increase 15%, then do more of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, be careful. But yeah, I've spent the last decade, really more than that, working with CRMs and email marketing tools and e-commerce platforms. You know, it's nice to be able to have resources that your prospects can access, mm-hmm. um, you know, at midnight on a Saturday. Right. And that's fine. 
Mm-hmm. So you're going to need automation. You need a web form tied to an email sequence, tied to a an upsell landing page. Because somebody just might buy your book or your your bonus report or your discounted consulting hour if they book online. They may do that, you know, at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So give them the ability to do so. Right. You know, and especially if we're the one-person shop, you know, the, the entrepreneur in our you know, spare bedroom or, or whatever, or even if you have, say, a brick-and-mortar place, we're not there 24-7. Right. So if you can respond, you know, if somebody says, hey, does it come in this color? And, you know, you can respond. It's funny, there's a, an ad that's running right now on some of the, the radio stations here in Atlanta that if you call in, someone will respond in 15 seconds. And, and they say, you know, 24-7. Well, of course, I want to call like at 3 o'clock in the morning just to see if, if somebody would do that. But it is one of those things where, you know, we need to use technology as much as we can, but it still comes back to those personal touches, you know, the, right. the, the, um, all of those things. You and I were talking before the program started about, you know, things like social media and Facebook and, and people who rely on some things too much and then poof, they go away. Um, you know, you, you get put in, in Facebook's penalty box and all of a sudden you don't have access. You know, your website should be the hub, you know, and, and then tie into your CRM and, and all of those various things because you own that. Right. You know, folks never forget that. You know, if it's somebody else's toy, they can take it away. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. The only thing you really own is your website and your list. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And he who has the biggest list wins. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever can spend the most money to acquire a customer wins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you're trying to do. Your number one job as a business owner is to market your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so build that list. You know, stay in touch with the people. Make them feel special. People never forget how you made them feel. Right. Okay. And that's why, you know, say people will pay for exclusivity. Mm-hmm. They will pay for experiences. So you got to charge more in order to create that exclusivity and, and be able to afford to create those experiences for them. Mm-hmm. So it gets back to the very beginning. You know, we're talking about sales. What is sales? How do we sell? How do we do it without feeling dirty and cheesy and sleazy? And, you know, it's understanding the value that you bring, understanding the problems that your prospects are faced with, right. understand the conversation going on in their mind. What, what is their self-talk? and just address it. Mm-hmm. People really are very predictable. Right. You know, pay well, attention. And it is about building those relationships. You know, we've been poking fun at, at, at car salesmen. I had a gentleman in Denver I bought three cars from mm-hmm. because he, for one thing, he knew it was my car and not my husband's. And, you know, and, and he'd sit down and he was just kind of a good old boy and, and we'd just sit and chat and never did he go off and come back with something with the happy faces written on it, um, you know, and, and all these things. But I did. I bought three cars from that gentleman because I liked how he treated me. It, it was buying, I, I think all of them were used cars. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't remember at this point. But he treated me like I was a human being. And, you know, and I actually saw him in other places like, you know, Walmart or whatever. And he'd say, hi, how are you? And he'd say, oh, hi, you know, you'd, you'd acknowledge him back. You didn't go, I'm my current salesman. Right. And, you know, and it, that was one of the things that just always impressed upon me was how can you build those relationships? And it's funny because we talk about that from the marketing perspective. You know, you're building relationships with people. And then it's like, you sales. It's, it all ties together, folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought two from that guy at BMW and referred him at least two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, we're friends. Right. And um, I, because he wasn't pushy, you mm-hmm. know, he, he truly, he wanted the sale, but he didn't care if I bought or not. Right. Okay. And that's the old adage. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're not ready and willing and able to walk away from the negotiation table, mm-hmm. then you have no business being at the table. Right. Well, because the absolute worst thing is when they smell that desperation, you know, the what can I do to put you in this car or sell you this product or whatever, because then we've got the upper hand. We know we can negotiate whatever the heck we want because they absolutely have to sell us whatever it is. Yeah, they, 
Yeah, it cuts both ways, right? We're we're at a disadvantage because we're on their home turf, mm-hmm. but we're to, we have an advantage because we can leave. Right. I can you take my, my money and go somewhere else. Right. Uh, you know, they have more wiggle room than they admit. They can also get call up inventory from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, if you just treat each other like humans, mm-hmm. but, you know, as soon as they play that game, that guy at Ford, you know, oh, hey, I'm kind of new. Let me get my manager. Okay, you're new. That's fine. Hey, can we take your keys, you know, so we can do an assessment or whatever? It's like, mm-hmm. dude, no. you know with, within $5 what my car is worth. I Just know. Just looking at it. Mm-hmm. You pull up the VIN number, you know what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they do that to keep you captive, mm-hmm. you know, to hold you hostage. I'm like, I'm not playing that game. Right. You know, they, so they came back and blah, blah, blah. They're doing stuff. And I went and said, hey, you know, I left something in my car. Can Let me get my keys. Got the keys. I got, got my wife. So let's go. We're leaving. Mm-hmm. We're going to the BMW dealership. And yep. I drove away. Didn't say goodbye. Left. Mm-hmm. Wait, I had a car dealer that took my license plates one time. Oh. And it oh. was like, uh-uh. You know, and, and they only thought that I was going to get mad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was your license plates. Yeah. And, and it was a Saturday night and it was the drive this car over the weekend. And I said, absolutely not. I mean, you know, I, I was smart enough to know that if I'd been in a wreck, I mean, all sorts of things. But yeah, the fact that they took my license plates, I was not a happy camper, mm. um, you know, and, and there would have been no way, absolutely nothing they could have done from that point on to sell me a car. Right. You know, and, uh, but it, it really does come back to what we've been saying. The people that are good at sales, we know and we love. You know, and you're you're right. We go back to them time and time again. We refer to them. So the trick is that we want to be those type of people. So you've got, you know, we mentioned your book. You've got several books. You um, also do some training and some things like that. So tell us a little bit about the services that you offer. Yeah, the main thing is my uh, Make Every Sale community. It's uh, makeeverysale.com. And it's it's a nine-week ongoing program, uh, 41 pre-made videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, workbook, but live weekly calls with me, video calls, interactive, uh, private group. You know, if, if I'm not on an interview or something like this, you know, I've got my phone, I'm at my computer and mm-hmm. I'm answering questions, uh, helping people make the sale. Cause this stuff, like anything, it takes, takes time, takes right. repetition, mm-hmm. you know, and even if you learn something uh, and you go try it, like it, it doesn't work the exact same way that, that you thought it might. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like what, what the mistake that I make or whatever, you know, so I'm there and the whole community's there mm-hmm. to help bounce ideas around and help you master, you know, what it takes to, to make the sale. So, right. you know, that's what I would recommend. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for private, then, you know, just hit me up on, on my website and we can talk about it if that's a fit. But, um, you know, a lot of people think they, they want or need private coaching, uh, but they turn, they find out that, you know, the group coaching, uh, meets all their needs and exceeds their needs uh, right. and you do that for a whole lot less money. Well, uh, and in so many cases, you're, as you said, you're learning from other people. You know, it's, it's great to learn from one, but if you could learn from multiple people, that's even better. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, we got chiropractors and high tech people and uh, low tech people. And, you know, you discover that a lot of the challenges are very similar because we're all humans selling to humans. Right. And and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's not business to business. It's not B to B, B to C, B to B. It's human to human. And that's absolutely what we have to remember. Yep. Amen. So Wes, any final tips for the folks? Um, You know, the biggest thing, just understand the value that you bring. You know, I um, detach, right? Take a step back. Mm -hmm. Notice, notice what's, what's holding you back. Notice the objections that you're getting that, that cause you the most problems. Mm-hmm. Notice your feelings, you know, are you anxious about something? Then, then you need to address it. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't hide from it. Don't run from it. Uh, there's an issue holding you back. You got to hit it head on. Right. Is it uh, lack of knowledge, lack of preparedness, all those yeah. various things. Yep. And th- there's, there's no sales or marketing issue that you're facing right now that 10 or 10,000 other people haven't already fixed and addressed. Uh, But you got to just identify it, you know, name it, uh, then you can address it. And the nice thing is once you address it, 
and you know you solve it, then it's solved forever. Right. Uh, so just Perfect. detach, you know, take notice of what you're doing. I love it. Well, Wes, this really has been educational, which is is so important. And and hopefully people learned as I did, you know, some things like, you know, it's not follow-up, folks. Make an appointment. You know, don't just leave it vague. You know, learn all these various things. Uh, you know, it's and and obviously um, connect with you online, which is thesaleswhisperer.com. Is that the best place to reach you? That's where I live. Perfect. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating time talking about sales. And guess what? That's not a bad word, folks, with Wes Schaefer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.